0: Live at 5 Sports with Todd and Suhan, brought to you by Prairie's Edge Casino Resort. Gopher men's basketball team off to a 4-2 and two start on the season so far. Jim Dawson Garcia has played like they thought he would and how they knew he would, but struggling to score, turning the ball over uh, a little bit too much. How do you see the Gophers so far this year?
1: Yeah, it's not the way you would hope they would look. Uh, they played a good half against Missouri. And they were pushing the pace, and they looked pretty dynamic. Other than that, they just have way too many turnovers. Uh, Dawson Garcia is really the only starter who's been productive. Farrell Payne is probably their second best player. He's coming back from a foot injury. Um, you can, if you're a Gopher fan, you better hope that they've been kind of slow playing him, saving him for the Big Ten season, because I do think their strength is going to be Garcia and Farrell Payne, and letting other guys contribute as they can. But there's not a whole lot else there. Braden Carrington, big recruit from Minnesota, has just not shot. He needs to be a. He needs to be their three point shooter. Mm. He's not scoring at all, really. Um, Mitchell too many turnovers. Ola Joseph is really a hustle player. Uh, more than anything else, you know, Christie looks like he has some ability, but he's not going to be like a. He's not going to turn around the program by himself. He's going to be a contributor. Sure. So, I think they really, you know, I know they want to play fast. But usually the teams that benefit from playing fast are the teams that have great talent and want to make sure that they have the most possessions possible because the better team should win if there are more possessions. That's not who they are. They're not that good. Uh, I don't think running is going to be the best idea. I think they're going to have to play inside out with uh, Payne and Garcia and hope those two guys carry them.
0: Yeah, and kind of ugly up the games, like you said. Have fewer possessions. Keep yourself in the game. Try and get to... Points and games against their better opponents, where they they have a shot at it in the last uh, five ten minutes of a game, which would make a big difference for their competitiveness if they can just get to that point in the game.
1: Yes, um, and it's sort those of things you know. Off season, uh, basketball teams tend to talk about running more. NFL coaches tend to talk about running the ball more. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's like there are some things that every talks about. It's amazing how how rarely that actually comes. True or turns out to be that good of an idea, mm-hmm. and Ben's in a tough spot. I think he wants to play a fun style to attract recruits, but I think if he plays up tempo in the Big Ten, he's going to get crushed.
0: Yeah. How about Don Plitzewite and her uh, go for women's team off to a good start, six and one.
1: Yeah, uh, you know, and they're playing a fairly soft schedule right now. They played their only losses to UConn. It was mm-hmm. cool to see UConn in town yeah. uh, last night. They beat Norfolk State. Uh, the cool development last night: Grace Krakowski, uh, Krakowski, excuse me, from, uh, Wisconsin, a top recruit, um, you know, kind of a powerhouse wing. It was kind of a breakout game last night. She can do a little bit of everything. She can shoot it. She can get to the rim. Uh, she won a couple of high school championships in Wisconsin. Her, she also played in a national championship, a U team, so she's played winning basketball before. And that's, that's a good sign. They have a, a nice roster. Uh, Mara Braun is going to be the star. Amaya Battle is playing better. is going to be... Uh, an asset. Hire's a good player. Uh, Nia Holloway's still kind of coming back from the knee, but she has talent. Uh, Hart has been pretty productive. So it it looks better. I don't know how they're going to do in the Big Ten. The Big Ten's a tough conference, but I would think that they're going to look a lot better than they did last year.
0: Timberwolves in action uh, tonight as well, and then they scheduled two more games for next week as part of the in-season tournament finish off, so they can you know count those as regular season games uh but in action tonight against the utah jazz a team that's rebuilding uh you know a little good fortune timing wise for the Timberwolves to not have anthony edwards he doesn't miss very many games
1: he doesn't uh he's doubtful for tonight probably not gonna play so they're missing two of their starters um McDaniels and Ant, two of their best players mm-hmm. but they also right now they're 13 and 4 and the next four games are very winnable Mm-hmm. Uh, they could stay right there at the top of the NBA standings if they, if they take advantage of the schedule and if they can play well without Edwards. Uh, it'll be a challenge, but they, I still think they're better than the Jazz right now.
0: Yeah, Alexander Walker has been in the starting lineup with McDaniel's out. Who do you think comes in uh, with uh, Edwards probably missing tonight?
1: Yeah, that you know Kyle Anderson is the easy guy to elevate. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and who starts doesn't matter as much as who plays the most minutes and who plays yeah. you know key situations, but. They could go big with Nas Reed. I don't think they're going to do that. They could go Kyle Anderson and just have him play, you know, a different instead of being a scorer, just be kind of the point forward kind of guy he is, and just be a contributor. Uh, they could go with um, um, a Troy Brown Jr. reward him for playing so well last game, you know, and that might be the easiest. He might be the the most direct replacement in terms of style of play and position is put Troy Brown Jr. in there and keep the rest of the rotation the same.
0: So they went with Alexander Walker in the starting lineup when uh, Jaden McDaniels went down. So Nas Reed is not uh, considered that type of player at all. He's either in for Cat uh, or Gobert. He wouldn't sub at that other spot.
1: It's possible, but I really think they, view they want to play two big men at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you put Nas out there, and all of a sudden Nas is your, basically your small forward. He's got to guard a small forward. But he, that's probably not a great matchup for
0: him. Yeah, uh, It's curious, uh, you know, that uh, Hines was just in Nashville, uh, the Wilds' new head coach. Uh, last year, I think, uh, was uh, yep. he was coaching them, and a four-year run there. His family still lives in Nashville. Just his second game back, he has to go right back there and uh, coach a, a new team there. Is that unusual for guys that are more veteran like Heinz is or you know is that is that bring a little more to it or is he kind of you know yeah, it's it's uh we're in Nashville so what
1: now, I think he will have some personal uh feelings about that game no doubt mm-hmm. about it nobody likes getting fired even if you, even mm-hmm. if it's justifiable even if you see it coming nobody wants to get fired mm-hmm. it still hurts yeah. so I'm sure there will be some uh feelings on his part but I also think he's enough of a professional not to make it about that. So I think he'll keep that to himself.
0: Yeah, uh, Everson uh, speaking with your newspaper said he he kind of knew what was going to happen when when, he, when Bill Guerin said, "Gee, I'd like to see you, He kind of knew yep. right at that point it was over.
1: Yeah, and I really think when he ripped the players, that was just kind of saying, "Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna sit, tell people what I think is really going on here before I get fired."
0: Yeah, it was kind of like that, wasn't? Because that's not what it, his typical mo over the years.
1: No. No, he had been very player-friendly. One uh, well, of the reasons he got the job is because he worked so closely with Fiala as Fiala was developing. He uh, seemed to have a really good rapport with the young players. I think he was sick of watching these guys play like idiots. Uh, yeah. And, you know, you know, you can always blame the coach for players playing like idiots, but the coach only has so much control. You know, the players do get to determine their own moods, their own motivation level. Um, you know, and if they stop playing, the coach will, will get fired, but it doesn't necessarily I mean it's the coach's fault.
0: Yeah, that's right uh Darren Wolfson in the Twin Cities there reporting that the quasi Adolfa Mensa has spent a lot of time researching JJ McCarthy in particular the mission uh uh the uh, Michigan quarterback uh you know Wolfson's a guy I follow and and respect his opinion that's interesting that he said that that they at least are scouting him pretty heavily
1: well I, honestly I think they're scouting everybody who they could I think they are scouting every quarterback it's going to be a great quarterback class mm-hmm and I could see them drafting a quarterback high no matter what they do elsewhere. I think they wow. will bring Cousins back. I think they'll try to sign Cousins to like a two or three year deal. And I think they'll try to draft their future quarterback as well, unless Jaron Hall just tears up the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, and we don't even know if he's gonna get the start next game. Right. So I think they're gonna do the Belt and Suspenders Packers approach, which is try to have your quarterback and your future quarterback on the same roster. Um, and I think carpy is intriguing. I also think that there are eight other guys that are going to be on
0: their list. Yes. Uh, so are you convinced they will go QB in the first round or not?
1: Well, I, I can't guarantee it's going to be first round. I think it depends on who they like and who's there. Um, and sometimes that's hard to suss out. Um, mm-hmm. But I think, there, I think there are so many good quarterback prospects available that I think there's going to be somebody they like uh, at the end of the first round or in the second round, I I I just see them drafting a quarterback if the right guy is there when when they
0: pick. Uh, how about the Twins? What might be the first hot stove league news we see come from them?
1: I really think they're going to trade for a starting pitcher at some point this winter. I don't know when that's going to happen. Mm. I think with the Valley Sports thing, uh, they're not going to spend. They're not going to go out and sign any big free agents. I think their money. I think they're going to try to make some kind of a two or three prospect for one starting pitcher type deal, but. It could happen tomorrow. It could happen February twenty seventh.
0: Mm. Uh, December is usually when the winter meetings are happening. Uh, do you have you been to those in the past?
1: Uh, yeah, when I was a beat writer, I covered mm-hmm. the winter meetings a lot. Um, and of course, a little bit different uh, back then. If you know, yeah, people could call each other, but you didn't really, you didn't really have. When I started covering being baseball, you really, didn't, email was not that big a deal. Mm-hmm. People really didn't text very much. Um, you know, really it was more face-to-face and phone calls is where business got done. And the winter meetings was really a hot, it really was the hot still league. Mm-hmm. You literally went there and deep, you saw who was talking to who in the corner and you stayed up late at the bar and you talked to scouts and assistant general managers who might tell you what's going on behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, now, you know, let's face it, it's, it's face-to-face still has value, but these people are contacted, talking to each other all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's
0: just not that big a deal. Yeah. Jim, thanks so much. Thanks, Todd. Live at 5 Sports of Todd and Sue Ann, brought to you by Prairie's Edge Casino Resort.